Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is Saturday morning, August the 8th. It is beautiful where I am. I hope it is beautiful where you are. My name is Zach, and this is the That's What I'm Screaming podcast. So the last, uh, I don't know, 16, 18 hours for me have been um, a little bit on the emotional side. And it's it's not a bad thing. It's just I've had a lot of memories come back, flooding back in the last few hours about things. Um, I'm going to ramble quite a bit through this podcast, so please bear with me. It's not like you haven't heard me ramble before. But I'm going to um, start out with some backstory, some history, and then I'm going to get to the meat of the matter. And then I'm going to tell you what happened yesterday and my thoughts on that. So I've mentioned many times on my podcast, my childhood, I had a wonderful childhood, um, loving uh, mother, stepfather, um, extended family. I was very close to all my grandparents. It was, it was really special. And, uh, so my mother was pretty lax as far as um, rules and regulations. I don't ever remember having a curfew. I don't ever remember being told um, that I couldn't listen to any kind of music. I don't remember being told I couldn't watch what I wanted to watch on TV or, you know, she never, you know, judged my friends and told me I couldn't hang out with that person or anything like that. And so she worked. A lot of times she worked two jobs uh, and she also put herself through school. And my stepdad was a workaholic. He um, he was very good at what he did and he loved what he did. He was one of the few people in life you ever meet that really gets to find their passion and then they get to do it for a living. Excuse me. So having uh, two parents at home that worked a lot, I spent a lot of time alone. And I loved it. And I still love spending time alone. Um, My discipline growing up, I got it when I needed it. I I did get disciplined, but I I didn't live in a household with people that wanted to give out discipline on a regular basis. I really had to earn it, basically. So spending a lot of time alone, which is something I still love to do, um, I had to figure things out for myself. I had to teach myself how to cook, which I still love to cook. I had to teach myself how to do my laundry, and I still do my laundry. These, at the time, I was doing these out of necessity, but I really enjoyed figuring these things out, and I loved it, and it was fun. And so, that was my childhood at home. Uh, I had a lot of people I was close to, and nobody was ever really mean to me or hateful to me. So I was pretty, I had a pretty laid back existence. And so somewhere in the early to mid seventies, my grandfather, my maternal grandfather, who had divorced my maternal grandmother a little bit before I was born. And I was still very close to both of them and they were still friendly and they were still respectful of each other. They had just been together for 20 some odd years and decided it didn't work. So. So my grandfather moves to Virginia. 
Now, my grandfather was a beer drinker, and he would go out to bars on a regular basis, and he meets this woman, and she quickly becomes uh, my grandfather's girlfriend. I want to say this was probably around 75 or 76, somewhere in there. <sighs> Coffee. So, not long after they start seeing each other, they move in together. And they were a very good-looking couple. Uh, they were probably both around 50 at the time, and they uh, maybe late 40s. And they loved to party. They loved to go out to bars. They loved to go out dancing. My grandmother loved to go out dancing. And yes, I call her my grandmother. She was my step-grandmother, eventually. But she was, you know, she's, I mean, I've known her since I was three or four, I guess. So anyway, uh, they were pretty well staples on the scene as far as the dancing scene and the going out beer drinking scene and, and, and they enjoyed their nightlife they partied so <clears throat> they lived together I guess for five years or so in 1980 they decided they were going to start going to church and they were all in I mean they went from being a party couple who just lived together and shacked up and did some crazy shit to she wore a long dress and he wore a suit and they went to church every time the doors opened. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday evening, meetings during the week. <clears throat> Excuse me, they were all in. And uh, she became head of the women's auxiliary and he became head of the men's auxiliary. And they started giving 10% of their income to the church and um, once they became fully invested, they decided, well, we're living in sin. So they decided to get married and didn't really tell anybody they were going to do it. They just kind of did it. <clears throat> kind of bothered my mother a little bit, but she got over it. So this woman's now my grandmother, not just my grandfather's girlfriend. And she had two uh, grandchildren of her own, my cousins, that... Uh, was very close to spent a lot of time a lot of my childhood with them and you know they were cool one was a year older than me one was a year younger than me so we all were pretty tight anyway um in my household i was never told what kind of music i could or couldn't listen to and as a preteen, <clears throat> early and then into the mid 80s i fell in love with heavy metal music any band, group, artist that you can think of from the 70s and 80s, heavy metal, hard rock, I was into it. I loved all of it. I was also into a lot of early rap. I know I mentioned Run DMC and the Beastie Boys, and I loved that too. I liked rebel music. I liked angst. I liked aggression and energy, and that was just, that's what was working for me. And uh, <clears throat> my grandparents would come to visit from Virginia because I was living in Georgia and they were around at least once a month usually one weekend out every month they came to visit and uh, I didn't hide anything from them uh, my room by this point was covered with posters the walls the ceilings everything with all of my favorite heavy metal bands and all of that 80s imagery that you can think of it's so my grandparents saw that and they heard what I was listening to coming out of my stereo and 
you know, when they were in my house, they never said anything about it. Um, I think more out of respect to, you know, my mother, this is her household and this is how she runs things. So nothing was ever said to me uh, in my house about what I was listening to. Nobody seemed to even have a problem with it. So there came a time where I would have some free time during the summer. I would spend part of my summers with my mother when she was working at the college she attended. But usually the college would be completely shut down. So maintenance could come in and fix stuff and you know the furniture people could come in and get stuff ready for the following school year and so on and so forth. So usually... <clears throat> Excuse me. It all timed out right where it would be the end of my baseball season. My mother's college would shut down. And I would have about a month, usually the month of July. Actually, I think it went kind of middle of July until the middle of August, where I would have some downtime between baseball season and fall soccer. My mother's school would be shut down. So I would... I would come to Virginia and I would spend that month with my grandparents and usually my two cousins that I told you about would be with me. It was a blast. I loved it. Uh, They made us stay outside every day. We weren't allowed to sit inside and watch TV. In the afternoons, if there was a baseball game on, the Cubs or the Braves, my grandmother would bring this little black and white TV out onto the carport and we could watch it, but we had to be outside watching it. And we went swimming every day. Oh, my God. We would swim all day. Sun would come up. We were swimming. Eat lunch. Go back to swimming. I mean, I would swim eight or nine hours a day. Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I love those summers. And um, so, 84, 85, I start going to concerts. And my mom starts taking me. And my grandparents knew about it. And I don't know what they said to my mother, but, you know, these were heavy metal bands and these were arena shows. There'd be 15,000 people packed into an arena. And I loved it. It was heaven for me. And so, summer that I turned 14, I would always have my birthday at my grandparents because my birthday is in late July. So that would be... um, a bit of a celebration with my cousins and my grandparents and so on. And I'll never forget this particular summer. It was the summer of 86. It was the summer that I turned 14. Uh, in conversation with my cousins, they were like, you know, what have you been up to? What do you got going on? We were catching up. And I made the comment that my mom had bought tickets for that September to take me to see Ozzy Osbourne. And I was a huge Ozzy fan. I loved his stuff. And uh, my grandparents heard it. Basically, my grandmother pulled me aside later and said, um, we can't let you listen to that music in our house. And I knew that was the rule. I never brought my music with me when I came to visit. Because I just knew they didn't approve of it. So I didn't push that envelope. And I said, I, I, I understand that. And that's that's fine. And, and we they also said, you know, they don't approve of... Of, uh, of that type of music. They think it's bad. They think it's the devil's music. 
Okay. And then, you know, I went to church with them when I was here. I was respectful. You know, they made me go to church every Sunday and they did all that. And that was fine. I was in their home. You know, I was not going to disrespect my grandparents in their own home. I just wasn't. <clears throat> Excuse me. Got a little morning allergy thing going on. So anyway, um, this particular summer, summer of 86, when I was 14, uh, my grandparents that previous year had bought a VCR, which was kind of weird because these weren't TV watching people. I mean, these were people that the only thing they watched was baseball, the Nashville network and the weather channel. That was it, right? That was it. And they bought a VCR for the only reason to watch gospel videos that they could buy. And so my grandmother bought this full set of videotapes of Jerry Falwell sermons. Well, where my grandparents lived was the hometown of Jerry Falwell, Liberty University and Thomas Road Baptist Church and the old time gospel hour and the Christian coalition and all these things. I was never interested in. I didn't care. Uh, I thought religion was a joke. It didn't seem real to me. To me, there was no difference between a biblical God and Santa Claus. You can't tell me that one is real and the other one isn't. It just doesn't make sense to me. But again, I was not going to disrespect my grandparents. So when they told me to go to church, pay attention, I did. So my grandmother one day sends my grandfather and my two cousins out shopping under the disguise of buying me a birthday present because my birthday was coming up in a few days. So my grandmother takes me into the house, puts a videotape in the VCR, and up comes Jerry Falwell, and he's preaching a sermon about the evils of heavy metal music and how it's going to destroy your children if they listen to it. It's going to make them do drugs. It's going to make them commit suicide. It's going to make them have sex out of marriage. The imagery is all about Satan. and He's going on this whole sermon and tirade about it. And my grandmother is sitting there, sitting in a chair beside me, and she's crying. There's tears just streaming down her face. She's bawling like a baby, and she keeps saying, see, I told you, I told you that stuff was bad. I told you it was evil. And he goes on, and he, he just, he's, he's beating the drum. Heavy metal is going to ruin your children. You have to get it out of the house. You have to destroy it. And he starts quoting lyrics. And the two that stand out to me is he starts quoting the lyrics of Ozzy Osbourne, right? And he starts quoting the lyrics of ACDC. And he's pointing out how evil they are and how they're trying to corrupt the children, trying to make children turn against their parents all that stuff, right? My, my grandmother's just, she's all in. She's bought into this. And she's crying. 
She's crying. She's trying to save my soul. Okay? I was 13, almost 14. My grandmother's crying. She's upset. I was upset. And um, it was it was tough to take. It was tough to see that. So um, once my grandfather and my cousins returned and my grandmother went and cleaned herself up from all the crying, <clears throat> excuse me, every, nothing, nothing else was said about it ever again. Once my grandfather got back, it was never discussed again. That was the last summer I spent with my grandparents. I could have gone back the following summer and the following summer, and I did because I did not want to be in that uncomfortable position ever again. Now, I eventually have moved. I now live here. I now live in my grandparents' house. They've long passed away, but I'm here. This is, I live in the house that this took place in. And my grandparents still, I treasure my memories of them. So getting back into it, that was one of the most disturbing moments of my life, watching my grandmother cry, cry and beg me to stop listening to this music. So fast forward to uh, football season, 2017. I was given three free tickets to Liberty University football game, Liberty University the university that Jerry Falwell started, the man who made my grandmother cry and upset me. So I go with my girlfriend and her son and we go to this football game at Liberty University and we're sitting in the stands and the Liberty University marching band is playing. And I notice that the marching band is playing Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne. That's right, I'll say it again. The Liberty University marching band, the school founded by Jerry Falwell, is playing Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne. They didn't just play it once. They probably played it every 15 or 20 minutes. And the crowd would sing along to the melody. And I have to tell you, the memories of my grandmother crying and Jerry Falwell quoting the evils of Ozzy Osbourne lyrics, those memories came flying back into my head. And I had to, I had to be composed. I was in the middle of a few thousand people and my girlfriend was there and I didn't want her to think how, you know, how screwed up I was over this. And uh, the game goes on and while the band is setting up to do the halftime show, through the fucking PA, through the loudspeakers, Liberty fucking University starts playing ACDC, Thunderstruck. I almost lost my fucking mind. If Jerry Falwell would have been there, I would have found him in the stadium and I would have pissed on his head. Thankfully, he was dead. 
okay? These people, these Christian coalition motherfuckers, don't mind telling you how to live as long as they get to live how they want to live. So I'm at this football game, and I had had many dealings with Liberty University over the previous 27 years at that point of living in the same area. And just, I had to deal with them in business. I've had to deal with them in a, in a, in a lot of different ways. The first real memory <clears throat> was when I moved here, if you wanted to really party and have a good time, the Liberty kids were the kids you wanted to party with because all of these kids had grown up in Christian homes and it was the first time they'd ever gotten away from mom and dad and gotten out on their own, right? So they would come into town and they would tear everything apart. I mean, they partied like fucking rock stars. They were breaking into liquor stores in the middle of the night. I mean, these kids were crazy. But they were fun and they had their mom's money to spend. So who's not going to take advantage of that, right? So uh, my first job, my very first job when I moved to Virginia is I worked at a movie theater and it had, it was an indoor theater, it had four screens and it was known as the Dollar Theater. So it was called a second run theater, which all these big movies would come out and um, they would run for like three months in the first run theaters where you'd have to pay full price and so on and so forth. And then those movies would come to our theater. And it was the full experience. It was a great screen, great sound system, full concession bar, which is where I worked at. And I sold tickets and I was a ticket taker and all that cool shit. And I got to wear the black pants and the black vest and a bow tie and shit. I met a lot of girls at this movie theater. I ain't gonna lie to you. So anyway, I'm working in this movie theater. And the other cool thing was it had this huge game room. It had every video game you could imagine. Pinball, it had a pool table. And for the price of admission to the movie, which was a dollar, you could go in to the game room. And if you pay for a dollar, go watch the movie. You could spend the whole rest of the day in the game room if you wanted. So it was a lot of fun. And I was new here and I didn't really know anybody my age. So that was when I started meeting people for the first time. And I worked there full time because I wasn't in school. So I wasn't just a part-time employee. I worked every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then a couple of nights during the week. And I remember on weeknights, these people would come in wearing their Liberty University swag. And I quickly found out that they were, you know, dorm supervisors and um, they were, I called them the Liberty Stormtroopers because they would literally come in, they would walk through the R-rated movies while they were playing. And if they recognized anybody from Liberty, they would be asked to come out and leave. And if you were caught as a Liberty student at an R-rated movie, you would be thrown out of school. You had to go home to your parents who had paid all that tuition. You'd be thrown out of school, okay? So then found out later that if you were involved with Liberty University, and you worked at a place that served alcohol. If you worked at a restaurant that served beer and you were caught working there, you'd be expelled from school. You would literally be thrown out of school. And if you were 21 
or over 21 and a student at Liberty University and they caught you buying alcohol or even possessing alcohol, you would be thrown out of school. That's how it was. That's how Dr. Falwell ran it. That's how Jerry Sr. was. Until the early 2000s. There used to be a very popular restaurant here in the area that was well known for its food, but it was also well known for its bar. It had a big, beautiful, fully stocked bar. And it was probably the nicest bar in town. And it was right at the bottom of the mountain of where Liberty University was. So there were kids that they would get caught there they couldn't even go in there and eat a sandwich with a Coke. If they were caught there, they'd be thrown out of school because that place served alcohol. You weren't allowed to be a patron in a place that served alcohol, whether you bought the alcohol or not. That's right. So let's move to the late 90s, early 2000s, and the uh, primary owner of this bar got into some money trouble and had to bankrupt on everything. Well, part of his bankruptcy trial, he had to tell who his silent partner was in this restaurant and bar. Well, it come to find out his silent partner in his bar was Jerry Falwell. Wasn't well, that a fucking hoot? So then all of a sudden, you know, they they get a little bit more lenient with the students and where they can work and where they can go. And all of a sudden, you don't see the van full of stormtroopers from Liberty going to movie theaters and going to bars looking for fellow Liberty students. And even I think the dress code changed a little bit. You couldn't wear a skirt above the knee if you were a female. And now all of a sudden, if you're at the Liberty campus, you see girls wearing Daisy Dukes and mini skirts and so on. It's amazing how things change and how, you know, philosophies change, especially when you get called out on your shit. So that is my story. That is, for me, one of the reasons why I detest organized religion as much as I do, because I've seen people go out of their way to hurt others just because they have the power to do it. The image of watching my grandmother cry like a baby trying to save my soul because this fat fucking hypocrite was on TV telling her how rotten I was. This guy didn't know me. He'd never met me, but he's telling her that I'm the devil and I'm evil because of what I listen to. So I'll be completely honest with you. Um, I can sit here and talk for hours about 
um, people I know involved in the university and stories that I've heard and things that I've seen. And I'm just not going to do that because I wanted this to be more, more personal for me and my connection. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of torn to be honest with you because I would love to just rant and rave and scream and tell stories, things that I know that have occurred there and things that people have done. I feel sorry for the parents and the kids that are involved in that school that are wholehearted about it. They send their kids there really believing they're going to get what's being sold to them. Um, Organized religion infuriates me more than just about anything in the world. But a good person who has good beliefs, um, I can't fault them for that. I can't blame someone for having a faith that makes them feel better or maybe makes them even act as a better person. Uh, much like I've talked about in previous podcasts, you can't you can't judge all cops by the actions of one. I, I guess you can't really judge all Christians by the actions of one. Um, I fight that battle in my head every day because I would it would just be so much easier for me to just put them all in one big bowl. You know, all the Catholics, all the Baptists, all the Muslims, all the everybody, just put them all in one big box and write them all off and just say, I'm done with all of you. You're all rotten. You're all horrible people. But you can't do that because there's great people involved. There really is. I mean, I, you can't. As, as easy as it would be for me and as much as I would really like to stereotype all of them and put them all in that same box, I, I, you just can't. It's not realistic. So I feel sorry for the students that go to Liberty or who have gone to Liberty in the past and got their education and got their degrees and they they really think that they were a part of something special and they were part of something that was a higher calling or a, a, a good move for humanity to be involved in this. Um, I'm a firm believer um, you know I, I think a lot of people go to church I, I would say probably 80% of churchgoers go to church because they want to be seen going to church. I feel the same way about gyms. I think 80% of people go to the gym because they want to be seen going to the gym. That's why they put up fucking mirrors everywhere and those things, you know? Um, and I guess the issue that I have is with hypocrisy. Uh, some people live a faith-based life and they practice what they preach. Um, my grandparents were like that. My grandfather, who I think really got involved with the church because he knew how much she loved it. But they were both spiritual and they were both really good people. They always did what they thought was best for me. And I guess that's why the whole scenario of my grandmother being upset and listening to that sermon, I guess that's why to this day it still it upsets me so much. 
because she did it out of love for me. It was she. It was her heart and her her concern for me. She didn't do this to embarrass me. She didn't do this because she, you know, was out to get me or to try to make me feel bad. No, that's not why she did it at all. She did it because she thought she was saving me. She thought that she was going to give 100% effort into saving my soul. And I, I have a sense of appreciation for that. Um, I don't, I don't, I didn't believe anything he said. I'm, I've had a good life. I've had, I've, I haven't sacrificed any animals. Um, I haven't killed my parents. I haven't done all the things that he said that listening to that music was going to make me do. <clears throat> so my real anger is the, the hypocrisy and the brainwashing of people. And there are people still telling their kids if you listen to this music, you're going to go to hell, whatever hell is. Um, they're and they're still doing it, and it's a power trip, and it's brainwashing, and it's fucking their kids' heads up. It's powerful stuff, you know. The fear of hell. It's a powerful thing for a lot of people. I didn't... I didn't really know how I should feel when I was sitting in that stadium and that band, Liberty University Marching Band, started playing an Ozzy Osbourne song. There was a part of me that thought, that's funny, that's ironic, maybe that's, that's just funny, I should just laugh at that. I couldn't do it. It hit too deep. It hit too deep. All those memories just came back. And um, Dr. Falwell passed away in the mid-2000s. Turned it all over to his son, Jerry Jr. And uh, I can tell you a few stories about him, and I can tell you a few stories about his wife, and I can tell you some things that they have been accused of doing. But I'm not. Um, I've had my own dealings with Liberty University over the year through business. Thankfully, that's over. I don't have to do that anymore. But I really am at a point right now because I got this little message on my phone yesterday from my local news outlet, one of those little notification alerts. It said that Jerry Falwell Jr. was going to take a leave of absence as the president and chancellor of Liberty University. Now, it remains to be seen how all this is going to play out, right? I I had a short discussion with a coworker yesterday that thinks, okay, here it comes. Sometime in the next month or so, there's going to be this huge bombshell that's going to come down. And all of our suspicions are going to be confirmed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 
his reputation around town is pretty sketchy. Um, I'm not going to get into details. I'm just going to let this shit play out. I'm going to let the cards fall where they may. As much as I would love to rant and say, this guy's done this and this guy is this and so on and so forth, I'm just going to let it play out. And then I'm going to take a great deal of pleasure in watching the Christians uh, just scatter and try to figure out and go into panic mode and figure out how to do damage control. Now, whoever they put in as, as Jerry's replacement, it might just be a puppet. He may just start running the place from home and just not go in the office and have some stooge in place to carry out his orders. Okay, and that's probably what's going to happen. Um, Liberty University is um, what I like to refer to as the Lynchburg Mafia. They control everything. They control every fucking thing, okay? Um, you're not going to just walk away from that kind of power and just say, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. Oh, it's not for me anymore. No. Um, you, you got that power because you won the sperm lottery. He's not an elected official. He has no resume to put out there to, to show why he deserves that spot. You know, his daddy figured out how to bottle and sell religion. And he sold a lot of it. He sold some of it to my grandparents. Um, that's his benefit. That's where he comes from. That's what he benefits from. And there are other stories about the building of the Falwell wealth in the first half of the 20th century. It's out there. Read up on it if you like. So this guy who's never done anything to earn anything wins the sperm lottery, takes over this huge, um, this huge corporation, because that's what it is. It's not a school. It's a corporation. And he proceeds to make an absolute fucking fool of himself every chance he gets. Okay? Um, you know, the wearing the blackface mask. He thought that was funny. Posting a picture of himself with a woman that's not his wife with his pants unzipped. He thinks that's funny. It's funny, all right. Um... If any of his students in the 80s would have posted that picture anywhere, they would be gone. Um, the dress that he had his wife wear at Liberty graduation two years ago, if any of their students would have worn that in the 70s, 80s, or 90s on campus, they would have been expelled. Um, these actions are not one of a holy man, are not one of a, of a man that deserves any kind of recognition for being of higher faith in anything. I'm just, I cannot wait to see how all this plays out. I'm, I'm, I'm spending all this morning looking at my phone as I'm doing this podcast, looking for new updates. I wanna see how it plays out. 
you know, this is a guy that over the last uh, two years, he's had Donald Trump and Vice President Pence back-to-back speak. Or not back-to-back. He put Jimmy Carter in there, too. But over the last four years, Donald Trump and Vice President Pence have both spoken at Liberty's graduations. And, you know, Donald Trump likes to refer to his to his friend Jerry Falwell as his buddy every chance he gets, right? Just curious to see what's going to happen with the fallout. I can't wait to see. I'm, I'm going to pop some popcorn. And I'm going to watch a lot more news than I've been watching. I want to see how it all plays out. I want to see the damage control that's done. I want to see officials at Liberty University try to figure out how to make this right, how to make this benefit their cause. I want to see them do that. I want to see them squirm. I want to see these motherfuckers squirm the same way I squirmed when my grandmother was crying watching that piece of shit motherfucker sermon. That's what I want to see. I want to see you motherfuckers get the treatment that you've been dishing out. You know how many kids' lives have been traumatized by their parents believing that fucking bullshit that they've been sending down the mountain? I don't... I know it's not right to wish bad things on people. And I know that life would be much better if everyone obeyed the golden rule, do as to others as you would have done unto you, right? The world would be a much better place. Well, guess what? These people are getting ready to experience the golden rule. I have a feeling they're going to start having done to them what they've done unto others. You treat people like shit. You take advantage of people. You take advantage of people's faith and you take advantage of people's hopes and you take their money. And then you turn around and you take that money and you become a fucking asshole with it. Karma and the golden rule go both ways. Okay? The golden rule doesn't say good things happen. It says do unto others as you would have done unto you. That can be bad or good. So that's where I'm at. Like I said, it's been a pretty emotional uh, situation for me. I'm sure I sound pissed off and yeah, I I guess I kind of am pissed off. I've been pissed off for a long time. Um, I don't want to see the innocent kids because they come here, they're 18 years old. They've been told for 18 years that they're supposed to believe in whatever faith they believe in. And they've been told that if you go to Liberty University, you're going to go to a place and you're going to have a greater connection to your God. And you're going to have, you're just going to have this four years of building your faith and making you a better person and 
I hope that's how most of the students, I hope that's how most of their experiences were at Liberty. And I hope if, you know, if they're there now, I hope that's what they get out of it. I really do. Um, I, I really feel like those people are really just um, tools. They're just pawns in the game. And the parents that send them there and pay out all the money and some of the kids are paying their own way, I'm sure. You know, they're, they're pawns in the game. I used to always say if if people from out of state, from out of town, who were thinking about sending their children to Liberty University, they should come to they should come here for a week and see how the Falwells live. Yeah, go go check out the houses. Go uh, check out all the shopping centers that they own that they don't do anything with. They just sit there and rot. Think about all the um, all the meals they go out to eat. You know, they eat out three meals a day. And I can tell you, they're not eating Taco Bell. These people eat out three meals a day, seven days a week. Well, that's what they do. Cocktail in hand, bring me the most expensive steak on the menu. And they're doing it on the Christian dime. Because none of them have jobs. None of them have ever had to have jobs. Their entire existence is based on the money that funnels into that church, and funnels into that school. And then they turn around and have the right to get involved in politics. And they tell everybody else how they should live. That's what they do. They live by a different code. They live by a different set of rules, different set of values. They tell you to remain calm and be humble while they're living the good life. That picture that he took with his pants unzipped, he was on a yacht somewhere with his arm around somebody else's wife. That's not how they tell you to live. That's not what they preach to you, okay? I'm excited. I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about seeing what happens, how it all plays out. I want to see the damage control that they set up. I want to see who comes in next to run the show. I want to see Trump's reaction. Is he going to say, well, I don't really know him very well, like he does everybody else. I don't really know that guy very well. I don't know what's going on down there. I haven't heard anything about it. Is that going to be his response like everything else? Like you said, he didn't know Epstein very well. He didn't, he doesn't know anybody once they prove themselves to be worthless pieces of shit. So get your popcorn ready. Get your, uh, (laughs) get your bourbon in hand. There would be a lot of irony. If you watch the news about Liberty University and Jerry Falwell with a glass of bourbon in your hand. All right, so I'm done for now. There may be a part two of this. We just gotta see how things play out. But I'm done for today. Um, Thank you for listening. If this was your first time, I hope you enjoyed it. If you are a repeat listener, thank you for coming back. Again, please reach out. I would love to hear from you. Any input, uh, if you thought I was an asshole on this episode, please let me know. 
I would probably agree with you. I, you know, I can be an asshole sometimes. Um, feel free to reach out. My email is that's what I'm screaming podcast at gmail.com. No capital letters, no punctuation, just that's what I'm screaming podcast at gmail.com. I also have an Instagram account for the podcast. It's T W I S podcast. And that's at Instagram. Uh, thanks again for listening. This is Saturday. It's starting out to be a beautiful day. I hope everyone um, listening today or tomorrow have a great weekend. Hope you have a great week next week. And uh, that's what I'm screaming.